Hi there, this is the Reverend Michael Lowry, pastor of East Congregational United Church of Christ in Concord, New Hampshire, and this is Love to Tell the Story. For many years now, I've been what you might call a collector of Christmas music. Now, I've always had great affection for the songs of this particular season. In fact, some of my earliest and best memories are of Christmas Eve spent with family at the Lowry Homestead, with my dad on the piano, playing songs and carols as my Aunt Louise sang, my Uncle Alec accompanied on saxophone, and my cousin Barbara was playing on the flute. Of course, having been a child of the 60s, I have to confess that the soundtrack of my life is also filled to overflowing with songs from the Rudolph, Frosty, and Grinch TV specials, with some Little Saint Nick and the rock and roll classics from the Phil Spector Christmas album thrown in for good measure. And this is to say nothing of all the classic holiday tunes that are still essential part of any December playlist. Bing Crosby's White Christmas, Nat King Cole's rendition of the Christmas song, and so many others I could name for you that even now quickly and easily hearkens fond memories of Christmases long ago. It was actually that kind of deep nostalgia that began my ongoing search online and elsewhere for those songs that I've remembered from days gone by. Because friends, once Stephen Eadie's rousing and romantic version of Let It Snow, Let It Snow, Let It Snow has gotten into your head, it never truly goes away. In the process of all this searching, however, I've discovered that there's a treasure trove of Christmas music out there, both secular and sacred, some of it dating back several decades and representing just about every musical genre you can imagine. Some of this music is new and original, but then there are a whole lot of covers that seek to put a new spin on the old and familiar melodies. There are some songs that make you laugh, while others never fail to bring a tear to your eyes. And yes, these songs do range from the sublime to the ridiculous. To wit, I have one recording that dates back to 1961. It's entitled Christmas Piggy with the Apple in the Mouth. It's sung by a group called the Hunt Sisters, and it features a children's chorus of, you guessed it, oinks. Trust me here, this song is everything you think it's going to be, and more. However, no matter the musical styles or where they happen to come from, almost all these songs have at least one thing in common. They represent an idealized vision of Christmas, both real and imagined. Not that an imagined vision of Christmas is any less real to our hearts. After all, we might never have ridden in a one-horse open sleigh or build a snowman just to pretend he's Parson Brown, but that doesn't make the notion or the wonder of such a thing any less appealing. On the contrary, in an increasingly busy, chaotic world, all these songs about candy canes and silver lanes aglow end up embodying a small, sweet, and enduring hope that someday, just maybe, we'll hear sleigh bells in the snow and that the promised dream of a white Christmas and all the warmth and love that entails will indeed come to pass. In a way, it's actually kind of like what the season of Advent is all about. Each year, as we in the church enter into this time of waiting and watching for the birth of a Savior, 
I am struck by how, as we're all preparing ourselves for the busyness of yet another Christmas celebration, our reading of Scripture encourages us not only to look to the manger, but also beyond it. Indeed, we are called to look far beyond December 25th to that time when God's promised kingdom will be bursting forth from heaven and unto earth. That final moment when the Son of Man comes on clouds with great power and glory, sending out his angels and gathering his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. This is a promise from Jesus himself, and it represents the fullness of time toward which all prophecy points. In the Greek language, the word used is kairos, which simply means that the time is ripe. It means that something new and wonderful is just about to happen. So, says our Lord, be waiting for it, be watching, and be ready, because soon and very soon, there will be a new heaven and a new earth, and our hope will be fulfilled. Some would call this pie-in-the-sky thinking, or at best a wishful reality, no different than clinging to childhood memories of Christmas's past or to the sentimental melodies of a holiday song on the radio. But in fact, it's realism born of faith. To quote Will Willimon here, it's the conviction that God intends to have the world as God's own and that God will not stop until God gets the world that God intends. And the glorious, wonderful truth is that even right now, even in these crazy, baffling, uncertain times we're currently living in, we're just on the verge of all of this happening. No, it hasn't happened yet. But the thing is, we're almost there. So we do need to wait and be ready, because one thing is for certain, God is not done with us yet. Now, I know this is not the same thing as counting down the days that you better watch out because Santa Claus is coming to town, nor should it be. But just maybe the music, as silly and sentimental as it can often be, serves as a way of helping us to pause in the midst of all this holiday mayhem perchance to take a moment to stop, take a breath, and prayerfully make room in our hearts and lives for Emmanuel, the one who is God with us. And isn't that what getting ready for Christmas is really supposed to be all about? And besides, when that moment finally does come, both in the manger of Bethlehem and in the fullness of time, isn't that the moment when all heaven and nature sings? Now that's the music I really want to hear. And that's it for another episode of Love to Tell the Story. This is Michael Lowry, and I thank you for listening. And until next time, stay safe, be well, and may God bless you in this sacred season with a great day every day. Talk to you soon.